0: The cannabis industry can be very scary and exciting at the same time, but you're not alone. Join the community and understand all the different influential people and ancillary providers who can help you scale and grow your audience and your business. I'm your host, Kamen Tharath. Let's dive into the Cannabis Business Development Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. Dear friend of mine and a huge influencer in the cannabis space. Very excited to have a special guest today. And her name is Jennifer Roy, and she is one of Massachusetts cannabis industry's most well-known and influential marketers. Having started her career as a broadcast journalist for the Channel 3 News in Worcester, she moved into public relations, opening her own business, Jen Roy PR, which now specializes in marketing for the cannabis industry. She is a graduate of the nation's first graduate certificate program in regulatory affairs on cannabis control at Clark University, and chose to start a career in cannabis since she believes Massachusetts is poised to be cutting edge of cannabis research and social impact due to the exceptional universities and businesses. She has led award-winning campaigns, including a campaign that garnered the botanist Worcester's best dispensary. When not at work, she can be found volunteering, providing pro bono communications consultation. And training services to social equity applicants in the cannabis industry, as well as serving as a co-founder for the Young Professional Women's Association. We're very excited to hear from her and dive into her great bank of knowledge. Welcome to the show, Jen.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. That was a great introduction. <laughs>
0: I mean you do way more it's just amazing all the type of work in the community that you give back all the community focus that you're doing
1: it's been over the years and I'm I'm lucky to be in the community that I grew up in and that my family still lives in and I still live in so
0: and even being the co-founder of the young professional women's association like I have three daughters and you know you're a role model so what got you into wanting to starting something like that
1: Thank you for that. I was actually, I was one of the co-presidents and I was on the founding board. So in Worcester, Worcester had a young businessmen's association for about 50 years at that point. And I was in my thirties. I was actually working in corporate social responsibility. And I thought it was time that the women had a business association. And I was looking at it as a group that could filter through to the city's economics club. So it was about harnessing the power of young women, the buyers in the families and the households, a lot of the decision makers, and finally recognizing that in Worcester and taking the young professional women and coming together and enjoying fellowship, giving back, working on community outreach and talking about the city's economic state and, and where we wanted to see it and mm-hmm. what kinds mm-hmm. of things meant something to us and were important to us and our families.
0: That's amazing. I mean, you're doing so many things, right? So like, how do you balance it all? I mean, I always try to get tips and hacks on how to stay organized. So how do you kind of keep, keep it all in track and intact without you know driving yourself nuts?
1: Well, Young Professional Women's Association is something I did a few years ago. So I'm actually, I aged out of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that right now, but I am so proud that it's still winning Best Women's Networking Group. The women who are running that now are phenomenal. And it's so wonderful to watch this unfold with the new generation of leaders there for quite a few years. So balancing, you know, it's hard. The cannabis industry, I entered the cannabis industry in 2019, sort of started thinking about it in 2017, 2018. Around that time, Clark University had the Graduate um, of Regulatory Affairs Certificate Program, and as an alma mater, I was very comfortable with the school, and it, it was my school, so I said, you know what, let me sign up for this because I'd really like to start specializing in cannabis. Massachusetts, like you read in the beginning, is absolutely poised to be cutting edge, and a lot of the things that are important to me, which is, you know, medical cannabis research, I also want to empower people through recreational cannabis. I'm a mental health advocate, and I think that more natural plant medicine needs to be researched and needs to be known and understood by doctors so that they can give these options and so that people can be empowered to make themselves feel as good as possible and be as healthy as possible. In this world that we're living in, which especially recently has just, I mean, you know, stress is always there, but it really has intensified through the years with COVID and now with the war, there's so much going on and people need to understand how to relax and take care of their mental health, their physical health. And I want to get research and doctors and science able to study this and educate people about where studies are right now and who knows what in the cannabis industry right now. So, you know, it's funny because it's not like I want to balance to get away from work because I truly love it. The one thing that I wish I knew, this was a question you asked me before this. The one thing that I wish I knew before I got into the industry was how much I would love it. I had no idea. I was dreaming that I would be in an industry where I felt I could help people and finally turn around the war on drugs, which has hurt so many people, especially people that are underserved and minorities. It's terrible what this country allowed to happen with the war on drugs, because a lot of things that were said were absolutely false. They weren't true. And if we have relatives, I always say this, if we have relatives or if we ourselves have experienced something that by now could have been really helped by cannabis, it's a travesty. Maybe we've lost people that could have been helped by a certain cannabinoid. And the industry can be very crazy and busy, especially in a state where we're building it as we participate in it. And that's also exciting, but, you know, you need to sit back and get another perspective sometimes. So I have learned that maybe when I first entered the industry, I wasn't quite doing that because it was so exciting. But now I know that to be an even better employee, I'm giving myself the weekend, you know, giving myself breaks. I come home at night and I will watch TV, you know, I will watch a show.
0: I say folks all the time you got to take care of yourself first and you almost feel it's selfish but it's not because if you fall apart right everyone else around you that's counting on you if it's your family your company your team members so like you have to have that me time so it's great that you're you're doing that for yourself
1: yeah yeah and I have a cat I know you have a few children
0: <laughs> so
1: that's uh even harder probably to get time to yourself <laughs> But, you know, with my cat, sometimes it's hard to (laughs) get time with myself, but it's worth it. It's essential. And I hope society is changing, even in the workplace where mental health and inclusion and diversity is now being looked at. And it's a thing that people are caring about their workers, how they feel about themselves and their jobs and their worlds and their lives, because that's really what's going to make that business successful.
0: Other folks who want to have a very similar career path that like what you doing, Jennifer, like getting into marketing, getting to the cannabis space, what type of advice would you have for them if they wanted to get into it?
1: Well, I say, you know, figure out what you would like to do in this space. I have always done journalism and public relations, so I wanted to bring that to the space, but I didn't know a lot about cannabis, about research, all of it, regulations, what the culture was like, you know, a lot of things I didn't know. And so that's why I took a year to study. And I think, you know, visiting cannabis shops is great. There's such a big online community of people who work in the cannabis industry. You can ask any recruiter or any General manager, or anybody working in the industry, especially myself, most people will help you and give you insight. And, you know, there's a lot more jobs out there now than there were when I started. When I started and I was looking for a job on Indeed.com, marketing in cannabis was maybe one job a week. And now there's a lot more than that. So there's growth and there is opportunity. You just have to see, you know, what you want to do in the industry. And just like any other industry, what makes you happy? Because that's what you're going to do best. in. that's how you're going to give the most of yourself.
0: Marketing is so broad, right? And it's every brand or every company you work for, how they approach marketing is different too. So if you're seeing all these job opportunities, how do you filter out which one to apply for?
1: You know what, in cannabis, cannabis is really interesting too, because I really came from a storytelling background. If you think of it, I was a journalist and then I was doing corporate social responsibility. And there's a lot of storytelling and reporting in that, you know, and outreach and public relations, cannabis really focuses on marketing, brand marketing, product marketing. It's really marketing heavy. So you will see more jobs when it comes to communications and cannabis, you'll see much more jobs for those kind of marketing focused positions. Sometimes though, what the employers want is a bit of everything. So, you know, there's people that are in this new industry realizing that, you know, what in marketing is the most important for a cannabis industry depends on so many things. It depends on if you're working for a startup you know, you might need someone that can just really get you in the newspaper and get you on social media. If you're a bigger MSO, you might be needed for brand. They might be looking for more brand marketing for a certain, I'm going to say district, but for a certain area of their dispensaries. It's a lot more marketing focused though, than public relations focused. So if you're you know, more public relations like I was, and you're going into an industry that's really just, it's like, do they know about public relations or are they just thinking marketing? Remember PR is here too. That's what I experienced, you know, and I've become a marketing manager. A lot of the skills as marketing, direct marketing, and brand marketing are directly transferable from public relations and corporate social responsibility you can brush up so many ways on different kinds of marketing through free classes online on LinkedIn and different classes. And I've taken advantage of those, you know, to brush up on how the PR and how the marketing landscape has changed so much since I entered it 20 years ago.
0: And you're right. Like marketing is such a broad topic and it's gotten a lot more segmented, you know, which is good because you can focus. And then I think it's important for businesses to understand like, as a marketing manager yourself, defining what is success looks like and what do they mean by marketing? I think it's hard for marketers and, and we're seeing a lot of, you know, brands in the cannabis brands have only one or two people in the marketing department. And it takes a lot more people because there's so many specialties from analytics, paid, branding, messaging, SEO, design, coding, marketing automation, email marketing, social media marketing. Like it just goes on and on and on. Yeah. So it's, it's, that's a lot of pressure for one person to be an expert in all that. So how did you handle that? Like trying to like, to wear all those those hats. Yes.
1: (laughs) Be all those things. Well, it's interesting, you know, at a few of the different places that I have worked for the few companies I've worked for, they need different things. At one of the cannabis businesses, I was all of that. You're right. So I was all everything from the outreach to the social responsibility to the billboards to the paid marketing to events and logistics everything. I was working 70 hours a week. And I actually I really did love it, but that is a lot. That's too much. You can't do that for a very long time. But when you have to do all of that, you do it and it takes a lot of time. And I love the industry so much that I want to do my best. So I I'll take a project and just attack it till I'm happy with it. And, you know, the dispensary is happy with it. But there's a lot of people online that do talk about exactly what you're mentioning to me. There's a lot of very, we'll call them busy job descriptions right now. So a company will say, we need a marketing person. We need someone to tell stories, to be a media liaison. We need someone to manage all social media. And those are jobs that are jobs in and of themselves. That can be an entire job. A social media manager can be just a social media manager and have enough work to be extremely busy. Like you just said, someone getting paid ads, someone working on ad campaigns and making sure the logistics of that, that could be an entire person. And a lot of people and a lot of agencies like yours offer all of that. So, you know, there is an option for these owners to say, do I want one person in house to do as much as they can? Or do I want an agency who might be able to offer someone in each specialty? And, and, you know, people want different things. And again, if there were things that I was lacking or that I wasn't strong in, or, you know, there's always, I am learning every day and I am proud of that. And I'm humbled by that and grateful. And I look for ways, whether it's just reading the publications, Marijuana Moment, our Leafly, Different Leaf magazine, you know, different things like that, Women in Weed magazines, you know, and online sites and different things and just being involved in the community. Last week was Nikian or oh, I don't want to time this, but they, Mm -hmm. we we had an ECAN and that community that you belong to, is very important in cannabis. It's very, very important because it is again, a new industry. And it's really unlike anything that a lot of people have ever worked in. You know, some people are growing cannabis all day, you know, they have to pinch themselves sometimes because they're in the best place in the world. You know, we have events like Harvest Cup and necan where if you're a, a bud tender or guest service advocate, or really anybody marketing, you know, on the marketing team, you go and you present your company and you make, you know, a, a lot of friends, a lot of contacts, and you see how things are changing. Two years ago. Not only did the jobs increase, obviously, because the industry increased, there's so many more dispensaries and grows and manufacturers in Massachusetts now than there were, but this past Nikan, I saw that there were a lot of beverage companies, upcoming beverage companies that were trying to get the word out about their product, whether it was a new energy drink with CBD or with THC, it seems that right now in Massachusetts, The energy drinks are really going to explode and uh, delivery licenses, because that's just been recently organized in a way that it's decided upon. And a lot of social equity applicants are going to be able to take advantage of that for the next couple of years as only social equity applicants can have that license or, or apply for that license right now. So there's so many moving parts that it never stops and you know regulations change you know in marketing especially we can do things now and don't ask me for an example but we can do things now that we couldn't do a year ago Uh, you know different specifically with being able to show certain prices for medical and certain venues certain areas don't quote me on that but we're having a little bit more freedom But I totally respect the fact that it's a completely highly regulated industry. I respect the fact that there's a lot of people who love cannabis and a lot of people who don't understand cannabis and every single one of us are trying to figure out how to sort of turn around the war on drugs and erase all of those terrible mistakes that were made and to now bring healing to the world.
0: Yeah, I think as marketers, we have an opportunity, right? It's messaging, it's storytelling. So we're kind of the front lines to help those brands tell that story, give back to the community and showcase. You know, you, We see all these great cannabis brands out there giving back. So like, it, it's up to the marketing team to showcase that because I think brands who humanize the experience are the ones winning because it's getting more and more, you know, competitive
1: Yeah. Uh, and, and
0: saturated. So like, how do you kind of help differentiate when you see a lot of folks maybe trying to do the same type of marketing or messaging?
1: And and there's a lot of things, you know, a lot of people that get into the cannabis industry, you know, there's certainly just people in it for business, but there are a lot of cannabis enthusiasts that are in it and they want to have a craft grow and they want to, you know, they have that niche or they want to be organic. There's a lot of Fun creativity and how to differentiate yourself in the market. I think that more people could be marketing to women. I think that more MSOs could be marketing to women. So it's exciting to start to see some more articles come out um, about that lately. Certainly there is many women in the cannabis industry, not enough, but it has a real focus on inclusion, the industry specifically because it was born out of a terrible war on drugs and people are trying to make right by that.
0: You mentioned earlier about community and I I agree. I think the cannabis community is no matter where you go, you bump into the same people, right? The the circles are small, even if they're large. So what does the cannabis community mean to you? And how does someone start to kind of, you know, become part of that
1: community? You know, it's a very open and welcoming community. I'll tell you this, this might sound weird, But the day that I decided to apply for that Clark certificate, and I realized that I was going to be focused on cannabis marketing, public relations, storytelling, all of that. I realized I had no cannabis connections on my LinkedIn. So literally I said, okay, I need a new LinkedIn. I didn't get a new account, but I started finding the who's who in the cannabis industry in Massachusetts and beyond and started friend requesting them and liking them. And all of a sudden, you know, two years later, it was really even like a couple of days later, I knew who a lot of the players were. I was connected and linked to farmers, to cannabis doctors, to a lot of other marketers, to cultivators and growers and nurses and all kinds of people. And you know, that just grows from there. So You know, you might have to just go sit at your computer and say, okay, I'm going to find some cannabis people, some people in the industry, whether you know a podcast you like, and you start going on that podcast page and seeing who's participating in that page. And, you know, that person was a commissioner. I'm going to go and connect myself with them. This person's a cannabis writer for Worcester Magazine. I'm going to go and and link myself to him. And it's fun and it's super easy because you're doing it on your couch. And the other thing is certainly now we've had two years of COVID, but now we can actually be out with people again and meet them again. I really haven't been part of the cannabis industry while we, you know, I I came in it March, 2020, which was right when we shut down. So I haven't really experienced too much of the industry in person besides my job and working everywhere that I've worked. But you can see people coming back to the conventions and that's even more of an opportunity to to get to know people and to become ingrained in this culture and in this industry.
0: You're absolutely right. Everyone is very opening and welcoming. I remember when we started getting into it in like 2017 and 2018, and we kind of focused our division on that. And we didn't went to, you know, MJ BizCon and in Vegas. And then you start to see the same people at those booths. They, they come to Nikon here in like Boston. And, and then you're like, oh, I'm going to be at this show. You go on that show and it's, you build this camaraderie and community, but then it's ever expanding, you know, yeah. and it, you're right. I think it could be easy if you just focus on the right types of people that you want to be around. And then the network just grows organically.
1: If you stay true to yourself and who you are and you surround yourself with the people that give you inspiration. you're going to meet a lot of people who don't inspire you, who in fact upset you. but just as, as in life, you want to surround yourself with people who are going to be good in this world and who are going to make you feel good and hopefully do good things. And there's no difference than finding your tribe in the cannabis industry or in any other industry, I will say, My professional career has spanned about 20 years, not in cannabis, but like I said, journalism and public relations and all of that. And the hugs that I got at MeCan were so different than so many other hugs in other industries because so many people in cannabis have a why. They have a really intense story about why they are in cannabis and, you know, social equity uh, applicants have been, we know this, have been jailed and had their lives ruined by nonviolent cannabis crimes. And then you have people who are patients who can't get up in the morning or out of bed without some kind of relief. So that is quite an experience to be surrounded by so many people, almost whose lives depend on it, and who also want to clear the path. So that others won't have have to go through the stigma that they've been through up until this point. And even now, there's still stigma. But, you know, it's a very medical industry. Even when you're recreational, chances are you're using cannabis to relax or to focus. So the people are really special. And there's no shortage of special good people in this industry to surround yourself with.
0: Where do you see the industry, Jennifer, like five years from now?
1: Well, it'll be interesting because I I do think that it will be legalized federally soon. And it's also going to be a question of who survives. So, you know, in Massachusetts right now, there's something like 174 plus dispensaries what's going to happen when it legalizes and people, you know, tobacco companies get into it and they already have all this farm, tobacco farm that they can just turn into cannabis farms, and they already have the staff to do it. And, And a lot of people have a lot of different opinions and, you know, a lot of people say, let the market decide. So I think that I look a lot to the alcohol industry And I say, even though we have the big conglomerates like Budweiser and and that, you can see craft beer and small craft beer places have become ridiculously popular, especially in Massachusetts. We have no shortage of that either, and it's so much fun. But I think that's going to be with cannabis as well, that Even though the MSOs will be scooping up all kinds of places eventually, and by MSO, I mean multi-state operator, even though they're going to be buying this dispensary and buying this grow and moving into this state and that state, you're still going to have people, for example, Vermont. I mean, they're newly recreationally legal, and you're going to have people who want cannabis grown in Vermont, you know, in different geographical areas. You know, I get my peaches down in Georgia. Well, (laughs) and my weed from California. Well, you know, people will want cannabis from Maine, And I think that at the end of the day, people are never going to stop needing or buying cannabis. So it's a multi-billion dollar industry and it's just, it's going to get bigger. And hopefully, you know, my little part in it as marketer in Massachusetts hopefully I can push it to be patient focused and education focused and empowering. I think of that and where the industry is going and what my part is in that every single day.
0: So how are you doing that now, Jennifer? How are you harnessing that passion and energy? And like, what are some of the outlets that you're doing?
1: certainly my jobs. I've learned a lot about myself in this industry. I've never Really been in a healthcare focused industry before. I have very, very passionate about helping people medically. Like I said, I I was never going to become a doctor. This is the closest opportunity I have to help people in a medical realm. So when I have my daily job and I go to work every day and I try to do my best, you know, one day I'll be doing an event. One day I'll be doing social media campaign. And through these things. I see, you know, my passion explode for different things. Working in it the last two years, I know I love community roundtables, community education roundtables. I love getting people together, you know, whether pro-cannabis or or not pro-cannabis and asking and answering questions, realizing that there's so many people, even if you're in the industry, There's always a question about how to use and how to dose and, you know, how can I incorporate it in my life for health? I'm sure if you announce on social media that you're in the cannabis industry, you will get friends, relatives, and strangers asking you what they could use. You will get that because a lot of people need some help. So that's the part that I love. I'll tell you, even The other day, we had a wonderful education, public education event, and we did it at Polar Park. And I forgot how much I love to be with people in public because there hasn't been a lot of public events. So seeing people and veterans ask questions about cannabis and how they can, and, and, you know, directors of senior living homes and senior living health companies and things like that, seeing people be open to it Creating a platform and an atmosphere where people feel comfortable asking these questions is so important. And that's where my heart goes. So I I know that I really love to do those kinds of things. And I want to find a cure. I want someone to find a cure. I want this plant to be so widely accepted that it can be federally researched, that it can be researched by all, by anybody. And that's slowly happening. So whatever I can do each day to make people learn about cannabis and educate and feel empowered, whether they want to use it or not, I try to do that every day.
0: When it comes to information or support in in the cannabis space, like what's the opportunity there?
1: Oh, there's a lot of opportunity for seniors, certainly veterans. A lot of veterans commonly might have PTSD and cannabis has been known to relieve that very much. And the sad thing is, so it's used as a medicine and health insurance cannot pay, You know, it's federally illegal. So it's very sad that that's a plant medicine that cannot be subsidized or, or that can't be paid for by health insurance. And many veterans, especially the aging veterans in Vietnam and in World War II and Korea, many of those veterans are on fixed incomes. They desperately need this medication and they can't quite afford it. As much as all the dispensaries wonderfully give deals and things like that, if it was federally illegal, people would be able to get some help with their health insurance. So that's a big common thing, I think, that the dispensaries are focused on because these people have fought for our freedom and our safety. That's one group. Obviously, your seniors with arthritis, that's a big one. There's different products. We go into senior living homes and there's usually veterans there as well. And we talk to them about medical cannabis in general. We're not there to sell them a product. You cannot go and do that and say, buy this from us. You can't do that. That's against regulation, but you can educate. And we are so passionate about just educating so that people can find some relief And then you have a list, I think, of 13 things that you can get a medical card if you're suffering from, I think, anxiety and depression. And then, of course, HIV and AIDS, cancer, different things like that, that you can get a medical card for. There's so many people, you know, there's just so many groups of people that the cannabis industry can speak to and reach out to. But I think the bigger groups are the veterans, certainly the seniors who have to deal with that and certainly people with the medical issues that need relief.
0: Yeah, it's amazing because we also have a doctor who is on our show and just to see and hear all the different applications and and available solutions around cannabis that we're using this platform to help educate just like you are. To And having you on the show helps educate. So it's just like, we're all doing our part the best we can to get the word out, whichever means that is. And I I really thank you for your time and your focus and your energy and everything that you do, Jennifer. Well, hopefully we get to have you back and getting us updates and kind of like, you know, what's going on in all the different passion projects you're working on and just more insights too on marketing. Marketing is always changing with regulations and what you can do in cannabis. And I think it's important for us to share those stories so that we can support other marketers. Yeah, know, who are looking, because you can't find this information out there. You try to Google it, it's not there. And you have to like, you you got to find another marketer to talk to you. the
1: regulations (laughs) and and try, but then it's interpreting the regulations. That's a whole other story for a whole other episode.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, that might be (laughs) multi-series.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming and and can't wait to, to see what's next for you.
1: Thank you so much and best of luck to you and your family. And it's so great talking to you about this
0: thanks for spending your time with us. This podcast is for you. And if you have any topics you'd like to learn more about or suggestions, please email us at podcast at indicative And don't be a stranger. Connect with me on LinkedIn.